Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me and yours in this episode 117. I'm joined by Lorna Duggan of Mind Positive where we're chatting about not really knowing very much at all for sure and that whole notion of change and its inevitability and how we need to build resilience and the tools that we can put in place to make sure that we can live life better in the face of change and adversity. That's a great conversation and Lorna has actually been on Ignite the Radio Show too. She was on show 103 every last year so if you do want to listen to that too and hear some of our musical choices just go on to Mixcloud, search and use Ignite and you will be able to find the show there. Enjoy. Lorna, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I am. Lovely to be here. It is and lovely to see your face actually. Tell us a bit about you. So, yeah, I am Lorna and I run a company called Mind Positive, which is based here in Kilmarnock. Predominantly, that means I'm a therapist and I work very much, most of my time is spent on helping people that get past their difficulties, their challenges and blockages, whatever's happening in life. And and generally that's taken shape in the form of maybe anxiety or depression, low self-esteem, low self-worth, just don't really see a way forward. And my job is then to, yeah, support them to make sure that they do know that there absolutely is a way forward. So, yeah, I very much work as a a coach. I I use educate, you know, like I'm an educator. I educate young people as well in all of our secondary schools across South Ayrshire on, you know, mindset, on mental health, etc. I work in communities as well over in Ayrshire doing this type of work, working as group work, one-to-one stuff. Yeah, so my, my, my work is varied and it's, yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> great, great. And I know we've been talking about coming on this podcast for a while and you have done the Night the Radio show as well mm-hmm. a while back. So that was, that's there. Mm-hmm. But this is a question that I'm dying to know your answer to. Lorna, mm. what do you know for sure? It's a dead interesting question, that, isn't it? Because like, he could give you tons of answers, but the, the always the one that will come to me is, is that what I know for sure is that nothing is for sure. And the reason why I'll, I'll say that is because just from my own life experience that when I've ever tried to put things nice and neatly into a box and tie a bow onto it and think, right, that's it, I'll now be happy and that'll all work out then that's not how it's worked out <laughs> and that's not how things have happened. And, yeah, I think what I've learned just from challenges and obstacles and difficulties of life is that nothing is for sure and you should always plan for that, set those setbacks so that, therefore, then you are much more resourceful and can access your strengths and qualities to get past whatever life is is facing you so there's a couple I'm going to give you two answers to that actually just as I'm going through that so yeah I'm going to contradict myself and say yeah there is nothing for sure for me because life changes and you should get ready for it but equally I kind of have a a belief I suppose maybe that's a different thing that you know I do believe that there's a reason why I'm here there's a reason why I do what I do and there's a bigger picture to everything that happens to us so I I, I 
yeah, I think for sure that when things do get in the way or people get in the way and difficulty chaps on your door, there's something there for sure that I have got to learn, whether that's a trigger or something that I have not learned in the past. So, yeah, I would say that's maybe something that I'm also sure about too. Uh-huh. And I think that the opportunity of the way you've spoken about it there is that calling upon us to find that resilience so that when things change, that we are ready to roll with the punches of that change, isn't it? So how has that showed up in your life for you? Like, you know, when everything changes, are you better dealing with it now than you maybe were a while ago? <laughs> One hundred percent, because I think in order to be able to to navigate life suffering, because I'll say that that I think life is suffering. I think we don't get told that enough. You know, people say, "Oh, you got to be happy." Wait just a minute. That's not like reality here. So, have I managed it better? Yes, because I think by getting through life's challenges, just using your word as, as resilience, you become more resilient. You become more resourceful. You become more empowered because life is messy. So what I have learned is the ability to absolutely tap into my resourcefulness, my strengths, my qualities, and my life experience from when things have gone wrong. So to make sure then I am motivated, I will be resilient, I'll be confident, and to find ways to make sure that I can work through life. So that's how I do it now. I don't like it at times, by the way. I still have emotions, I still have feelings, I still you know, don't like things that you have to deal with, but I'm much more resourceful than what I ever have been at this stage of my life. And where do you think that resourcefulness came from? Because there's the key, isn't it? Some people could find themselves being very resourceful in their 20s. Some people will take them to their 70s or 80s. Some people never at all. So I think there's a bit of magic in how do you find that? Yeah, If you can can put it into words, I suppose, because not everybody Uh, can. I think you can. I think you can. I think it's about understanding self. I think it's right, 100% self-awareness. I think, therefore, then it's about navig- understanding your emotions and being able to navigate those emotions, be cool with your emotions, navigating through your beliefs, your limiting beliefs in particular, and then checking out some of your normals, the patterns and the behaviours that you're putting out into the world that are shit and making sure that you are, you know, being that self-awareness just to, to change them, as you say. Like, a lot of people don't do that work. They refuse to do that one. I respect that because they're not ready to look at self. So that means that they think that's going to be painful. It's not nice at times, but it's so vital and so rewarding. So I think that's how you become much more resourceful is looking at self, understanding emotions, understanding your beliefs, and by God, looking at some of your patterns that you're putting out. How come I got into that situation? The part, even though somebody's maybe harmed you, what was my role in that? What did I do that I could that I will make sure that will never happen again? So it's like learning from life experiences. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think I really I like that there where it was like about the, that stuff that we're putting out into the world that's just shit. And <laughs> so if I, I try not to do that, you know, I'm very intentional in trying not to do that. Mm-hmm. Others may disagree with me if I've put shit in their direction, who knows? But I've not done it. I but I think having that, don't you just wish that you could when you look at situations and you just look at and you think of people do you realise the chaos you're causing? Do you realise that you couldn't... Because I don't believe that everybody does realise 
the chaos that cause other people's lives. What's my thoughts on that? I think you stay away from those people. That, that I have learned to absolutely distance myself from dysfunctional people that will not at all look at self. I think healthy, healthy you know, the positive mindset people, they are very self-aware. They respond to life. They don't react to life. People that are not self-aware will be reacting all over the bloody shot. They'll be triggered based on the stories that are in their mind and their belief systems and how they think and how they believe about the world. They think that's how you are too. And that's so wrong. Right? That's so unhealthy. So, yeah, I mean, sorry, I probably went off in one there. No, no, you're fine. So imagine, and I don't imagine many dysfunctional people do listen to my podcast, but maybe there is some. So (laughs) in that role of therapist and everything that you've learned and all the tools that I know you've got hundreds of tools there that Mm -hmm. you use to help your clients. Yeah. Somebody recognises themselves as a dysfunctional person who's putting Mm. that out in the world. How do you think they can start to think, right, how do I, how do I recognise it? How do I stop it? You know, have you any thoughts on that? I think asking for help on that stuff. I think that was the, the life changer. One of the hardest things I've ever done, but one of the most rewarding things that I ever done was to ask for help. I think getting some, not your friend, not your mum, not your dad, not your partner. The, 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 I think speaking to someone objective and, and go word of mouth as well on that stuff. And, and they will help you understand you, the mechanics of your mind, how you became you from your, you know, the day you were born to your experiences, because that's where it'll all be showing up and helping you to dismantle it and to put it all back in. It's like cleaning out your bedroom, taking all the furniture out and then putting it all in nice, taking all the crisp pokes out and all the dirty plates out under your bed. They'll help you put it all back in nice and make your bed nice, that you're all cosy <laughs> and back into a different shape and a different form. So then, you know, you know your lenses are different that your perception of the world changes your map changes I think getting help is the best way to do that Uh and you know I've been somebody who is always okay with asking for help whether that's for a big emotional crisis or whether that's like you know doing something like changing a tire doesn't matter I'm okay Mm -hmm. with asking for help and I always have been Mm -hmm. I don't really get how other people don't want to ask for help but equally I know there's lots of people out there so what do you you know that path of people asking for help how do we encourage folk to just be like just go and ask somebody for help I think that people look at mental health through a lens of we deal with it in the way that we deal with our physical health Mm. you know like we go to the doctor then in it you know, Aye. so and I, and I get why you'd go to the doctor because then they'll give you a pill, they'll give you maybe a propanolol to help you, you know, beta blocker, help the heart rate go down, they'll maybe give you a wee antidepressant or something like that. That's all good and it balances you off, I get it. But I think it's, we need, it's that, you know, what's the consequence of just staying on the tablet? You know, that's not really the, the resolution. And I think we have to change the language and make it safer. And we all talk about it, that we all have mental health. It's sometimes good. It's sometimes crap. It's sometimes just mediocre. And it's all to be safe to talk about emotions. I think we've been brought up not 
to talk about emotions. You know, your mammy would give you a lolly to stop you, you know, from crying. Hey, here's a wee lolly. Or here's a wee sugary sweet. Here's a packet of crisps. No, no, no. Let, let's help the child to understand that it's okay that they feel angry. It's okay that you feel sad. It's okay that maybe you feel a bit guilty or jealous right now. Let me sit with you to be, help that. So I think it's programming has that's created this problem. But I think if we changed it, looking at stop concentrating on mental health, like it's the, the same solutions as we apply to physical health will really change that. So it's definitely going to be, you know, conversations like this. <laughs> uh-huh. you know? And I think, you know, for me, when I look back at my life, there's something like I am always in the conversation how I can feel better, right? about whatever so I'm in that conversation and I have been for many many years for 20 years longer maybe you know that way and it's dead empowering it's even things like when people say I'm coming off Facebook it's full of arseholes and I'm like my Facebook actually isn't it Mm-hmm. I follow loads of positive pages. I we screen through my, my news feed in the morning. Lovely quotes. I only follow people. I'm only friends with people who have got good stuff to contribute to the world. People that moan all the time, they're away. And therefore, Agreed. it's about you protecting yourself. And also, I think, is it about realising that you are you have a role to play in your own betterment and your own well-being? I I couldn't agree more. I think it's always the first place to start is with self. If someone comes into me with a problem because of something that's happening in the external, I don't know, a marriage breakdown, problem with a relationship, something's happened at work, I will always, and I mean always, we go back to self so that the person can help understand themselves so that they can navigate their own internal world so therefore then they can navigate the external world in a much better resourceful place it's, it's back to that stuff so yeah I think it's us becoming so self-aware yeah of what we're like what we're putting out what we're how we think how we feel how we behave and being really honest about that but knowing and being knowing and, and this is true that it can all change and we can change we can <laughs> Because, you know, change is the most certain thing in the world, doesn't it? Nothing stays the same. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And that, that goes on that because, like, nothing's for, you know, nothing's for sure for me. It's, it's, you've just articulated that in a different way. Everything's going to change. Just how you think it's going to be that boof. Usually, bloody life comes around and gives you a right good kick in the arse, you know. Uh-huh. It's not happening, uh-huh. pal. <laughs> and so, see, when you look back on life, because I know that you've done other things, so this is like a career that you've came to, yeah. I suppose, a bit later. Yeah. yeah, definitely. When you look back at all uh, your life, you know that mm-hmm. we often think, I love the illusion of if I was to pull myself up out my life and look at it as a linear from above. Does mm-hmm. it make sense? It all makes sense to me. It all makes sense. Sure. Can you see the point where you set off in this path? Or have you sort of always been on it? Or was there a point where you were just like, right, it's time for me to do something different? And I don't mean changing your job. I mean changing your mindset. There was definitely a catalyst in my life. It was definitely probably my darkest time of my life where I was... I didn't want to be here. That's the absolute truth. I was in the the place where you can imagine what I'm saying here. Things were happening to me. Malevolent things were happening to me. Purposeful hurt and isolation were happening to me. So it was that. 
you can't get any lower than that. You can't get that. That's one of my hardest, most difficult times of my life. But equally, <laughs> it's one of the most, you know, advantageous times of my life. <laughs> because I thought, you can you see all these quotes, you know, was I being buried at the time? Oh, damn right I was. So it, it, it stripped me of my identity because by that point I didn't know who I was I lost everything every sense every just really genuinely I was a lost soul but I built my put myself back together and the way I did that was to have to unlearn everything that I believed about the world my values about the world and and yeah so I unlearned to relearn who I wanted to be, truly be, and to feel safe about it and to stop fitting in, to stop um, trying to be who other people wanted me to be, to stop the people pleasing, just to just to feel safe in my skin and to like myself was where I've ultimately got to. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, so many of us are in, find ourselves in that position, you know, you're not breaking, you're actually just evolving. You don't feel great, but it's actually evolving. Yeah, so there's that calling on us all to be part of our own solution, isn't there? Because it doesn't start with going to see a therapist, we having enough money to go and see a therapist. You know, that whole thing of people would maybe be like, well, it's fine for them, they can afford to see a therapist. Mm -hmm. It actually doesn't start there. It actually starts with a change of mind, doesn't it? It starts with you realising I need to do something different. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. And that was the start of the journey because I had to, the consequence of me not, or me staying as a victim, and I was a victim, I will say that very clear, I was a victim of some malevolence, but for me to stay as a victim, the consequence would have been horrific. (laughs) It would have been horrific and me to continue to live in hell. So the choices I made was to face it all. It was messy, it was dirty, it was not nice. But therefore then, you can't buy that experience. You can't go to university and get that stuff. That has made me who I am today alongside all my professional years of working in corporate world at senior management level, alongside an interest in childhood, alongside being a perform- a musician performer at a high level. There's lots of different things that are, are strings to my bow that have a, have that gets transferred into the room with now my clients. I just never want people to think the way that I thought in that time of my life that there was no way forward because that's not true right. <laughs> I'm living through and see when you reflect on right so it was hard it was hard mm-hmm. to change so, but I, mm-hmm. you had to do it yeah. and other people could be thinking God it's too hard to change see when you reflect on it would it have been hard no matter how hard it was and how long it took would it have been harder to stay stuck where you were 100%. That, that's the consequence that I'm saying. Yeah. The consequence of staying stuck would have been living in hell and yes. could have potentially gone to the place where I had been, I was considering seriously. <laughs> so that's not where you want to be. <laughs> something has to change in order for something to change. And I chose to ask for help from a professional because what I was navigating was a very, very Oh, like isolated, something that I'd, nobody in my life knew how to manage this stuff because it was quite like 
Uh, unheard of stuff. This was the unheard yeah. of. So I went to a therapist and yeah, that definitely just started to open my mind. And then by the, you know, once I'd finished the therapy, you know, like that didn't last long. That was enough to set me on my way. And then I was like, right. That's where the career change came in. I thought, I want to do this. I want to do this. And while you're doing that in tandem, you're just constantly personally developing yourself in tandem of learning and I'm still doing that you know of course I'm not the full package and I never ever will I don't believe you ever are but no. I think I'm just doing a better job than what I did before. Uh-huh so we've known each other what for maybe four years or so yeah um, I know that I knew you when you were training getting ready to come to a place and then you sort yeah. of away from part-time doing mine positive mm-hmm. but I still working. Mm-hmm. And so I come on the call with you today and for you to say, oh, no, I've been doing this for just a year. Uh-huh. I just work for myself. So how are you feeling as you sit here where you are now and you uh-huh. look forward about what's next for Lorna? I'm so excited. I just feel I'm, I'm really, really excited. I've got a lot of ideas. Um, I think it's I've been obviously doing some lovely stuff. I'm learning as I go, particularly when I'm working over on the local authority pieces that I'm doing. And from every client that walks in the door, they teach me something new. The future's good. The future's exciting. I'm I'm very much about defining who I am now. And you can probably tell from my Facebook page, I'm, you know, sharing a lot of life experience. Those stories that I talk about are all me. They're all me. There's nothing there that's a shared experience of a client. That's my life. And I, I want to just package it up so that people feel safe because I think I'm talking about stuff that a lot of people will avoid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't want to talk about that stuff, but right. it really impacts your mental health and your emotional health. More importantly, this, the, the you know relationship issues and people around about you. I'm, I'm big on that. Make sure that you surround yourself with optimistic people like yourself you know that are growing and developing reading books listening to podcasts like you're putting out I am big on surrounding myself that people are growing I'm not interested in sitting with people who are doing the same stuff as they were two years three years four years I'm not interested and that's the truth and you know and it does take a bit of commitment because there's a bit of vulnerability with that isn't there saying I can't spend time with with you anymore Mm -hmm. Quite honestly, you're dragging the life out of me. But I also have been yeah. on that path as well. Yeah, yeah. So, which is a hard, isn't it an easy path to walk? Yeah, it's very, I very difficult. It. I'm glad I walk it. Are you? I'm glad you do too. I'm glad you do too. Me too. I wouldn't change it for the world. It's nippy because society doesn't like it. We're supposed to be, we're supposed to like everybody. We were brought up that way, be a good girl and, you know, it's nice to be nice. But you can't have people round about you that are dragging you down and, and their mindset is not the values aren't in keeping with you and that's about your emotional fences your boundaries isn't it having them and it's having to sometimes assert them and if you assert them and the people are re- reacting to them you've got to distance at that point because uh-huh. that means they're not going to change and you know it's something because it's come up with one of my my teenagers this week actually and because you've said it there that whole notion of people liking you and it's like as I was saying to her the other day you don't like everybody so how on earth would you expect everybody to like you and who would want to be the kind of person everybody like now mm-hmm. I've known my whole life that I was too much for two people, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I still recognise it and I see it in a common. 
a regular mm-hmm. basis mm-hmm. that people mm-hmm. don't get me. That's mm-hmm. all right. I only want people that actually get me to be the people yes. I spend my time with, that I work with, that I do things with, because that is a better life for me too. To live a life where everybody liked me would mean I wasn't being me. Correct. So what have you got to add to that about people like me? Because I just find it an exhausting conversation to have with people. Like, who cares? But that's maybe not helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for that point of view, but we yes. I found out that, you know, like, you could be the most wonderful, kind, loving, well-intended individual and someone will be running their own story about you. Not not everybody, you know, if they don't connect with you, they'll, they'll be running a story. What goes on for them and their minds of how the world, their view of the world and their beliefs of the world and people around about them, they'll think that's who you are. And they transfer and they project that onto you. So you you can't be liked by everybody. Um, some people are also intimidated by your growth because they want you to stay the same as them. You're triggering something inside them because they see you progressing and they're not. So, so they're, they're then triggered by you and then you'll see, hear the language of what you did that for. Well, that's too much for you. Oh, come on, what you do? All that. Honestly, I've, I've, I've seen it all. I've heard it all. I've experienced it all. So see what I love about what you're saying, because I'm, I'm on the same path. And I think from a therapist's point of view, that you acknowledge that you're never done learning. Never. And so as you move forward now, do you think that learning is just always going to be part of it? Never stop. Never stop. I'm, I'm con- every day I'm learning something. I'm always on I've online courses, signed up for different coaching. I've got a coach. You know, I'm never stop. I'm just on a, you know, self-development journey. But it's not, yeah, ultimately it's for me first. It has to be about me first. But for me then to be able to impart that knowledge, wisdom, experience with the people that want to come and spend time with me, then they're going to benefit from that as well. I want to be the best therapist that I possibly can be. The the things that I believe in, the things that have helped me, I will be sharing them in abundance with people. So, yeah, I won't stop learning now. I just can't. I won't. And and that's, I would say that's exciting for the people that that work for you, that, you know, that you're always learning new stuff and that encourages them, but it also means they're going to benefit from the stuff you're learning. Well, they don't have a clue. I'm maybe trying, because I use use NLP all the time, a master practitioner. And uh, so I'm always learning, like, new codes or techniques and strategies. And and I'm trying new stuff out all the time with a client because I want the quickest and fastest and best experience and change for that individual so you know I'm using those strategies all the time which is lovely (laughs) good luck with everything that comes next and thank you for joining me on the podcast Lorna thank you so much for having me it's been such a pleasure I I, I know I talk a lot don't I but you know I enjoy it (laughs) I need people to talk a lot in this podcast Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching Anne Hughes Ignite. 
If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching Anne Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, annehughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.